Welcome to The Grade Book, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. It is November the 2nd, and I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and I'm welcoming back our editor, Tom Tobin, who's taken a leave of absence. We've missed you from the podcast, Tom. And I've missed the podcast, Jeff. I feel a little rusty, but I'm sure you will whip me back into shape. Uh, Let's jump right in. Um, uh, You've had a busy week. Uh, One thing you've been doing is listening to... Uh, listening in on the Constitutional uh, Constitution Revision Commission, which is discussing a number of issues, a number of ways to possibly amend our Constitution in Florida. Um, what have you heard, Jeff, that's of interest? This is obviously a big deal. It is the Constitution. And so what are they uh, uh, tinkering with? It's interesting. It's not so much what I've heard because the actual hearings that the Education Committee has held have been presentations by staff with not too much conversation. The interesting part is the actual written words that the commissioners have submitted in advance of their October 31 deadline to make proposals to amend the Constitution. One member has been more active than any other, and she's a Collier County School Board member, Erica Donalds. She has submitted several proposals to change the governance structure for Florida school districts. She's called for term limits for school board members, ending the elected superintendent position that we have in the majority of school districts, stopping the pay of school board members, which they get right now, up to $45,000 in the case of our largest school districts. She's proposed doing away with all of those things. But perhaps the most interesting thing has come from both her and State Board of Education Chairman Marva Johnson, who They both, in some form or fashion, have called for a way to take money that is supposed to come for public schools and funnel it to private schools in some form or fashion. And that has raised hackles immediately after those proposals came out. It's interesting, Jeff. So, you know, we've heard a lot from a a handful of members, but I, I was looking the other day, this commission has 37 people on it. It takes 22 uh, people of those people to get an idea to the ballot. So, I mean, when you, when you listen in on these meetings and look in and they're televised, uh, do you see, is the whole commission there? Are they all weighing in? Are they all participating? No, this is a committee of, of a smaller subgroup. And even on that committee, not all the members show up. Usually three or four of them are not there. So what you see basically is, uh, Marva Johnson and Erica Donalds are there. There's Nicole Washington, who's the f- from the Florida A&M Board of Trustees. Patricia Levesque is there. Occasionally, Commissioner Pam Stewart comes in and out. But it's a small group, and they are listening to people from the Department of Education and related agencies talk about things like finance and and um, structures with charter schools, things of that nature. And and they don't really talk all that much. They ask questions more than anything else, and nobody else is really in the room. I know that people from some of the agencies and organizations that you might expect to be there are watching it remotely as well. They're they're doing other business at the same time. So, Jeff, uh, the uh, all these proposals. What's what's the next step? Um, do do we know? Uh, is, is there any place where we can find out all the detail on them? 
Well, all of the proposals are online on the Constitution Revision Commission's website. And you would think that you can have all the details for all of them. And and that's kind of what we were hoping. That's why they set a deadline for submitting them so that the public could read them and communicate with the commission. And they have time then to review, recommend, vote, and get them onto the ballot. The one thing that throws a wrinkle into all of it is that for the Education Committee and for all the other committees that they have, each chairman filed basically an intent to revise this article of the Constitution, blank amendment, which leaves open the possibility that the ones that we've read and that we know all about might not actually be what happens at all. We could wind up seeing them just say, we're modernizing the language by changing in this case, perhaps uniform to equitable, because we know that the uniformity clause of the Article 9 has been the one that has hung up vouchers and a variety of other things that the lawmakers have wanted to impose but have been unable to because of court rulings. So that's the kind of, you know, little question mark that's out there right now. And so we're just really going to have to watch closely and pay attention to what the votes are, what the comments are, and, and what comes out in those intent to revise amendments. And I guess this, you know, these aren't the last meetings. The committees meet uh, uh, through the middle of December, and I suppose they'll have some uh, some more uh, gatherings after that, including hopefully the uh, some gatherings of the full commission. They have to have the full commission if they want to put anything on the ballot at all. There are some people who say that they hope they just leave the whole thing alone. That's not very likely, I don't think. It doesn't seem likely. It seems like uh, there are some preparations for making some uh, some real proposals here to voters. Uh, so it'll be interesting. to We'll, we'll keep an eye on that uh, as uh, that progresses over the next few months. Well, let's switch gears here, Jeff, to uh, something else you've been working on, uh, uh, the topic of technical high schools in, in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, it's a story uh, that is going to appear on Friday at Tampa Bay. Uh, TampaBay.com and in uh, Sunday's newspaper. Um, the uh, it, To me, is this a very interesting topic? We have uh, two local school districts that are laying very definite plans to start standalone technical high schools as soon as the next next fall, the 2018-19 uh, school year. Uh, but you stopped by a school in Hillsborough County, a school that's been doing this for decades now uh, and just sort of kind of see what all the uh, the buzz is about. Can you tell us about your visit and kind of the, the topic you've been exploring this week? Sure. The topic came up because we have Pinellas County, which is well on its way to creating its technical high school in Seminole. And we have a proposal in Pasco County to convert the existing Ridgewood High School into a technical high school the latter one is a little more controversial because you're taking a school that exists, that has its natural base of constituents, alumni, and, and everybody who goes there now, their parents, and their, they, that change is, is kind of rankling the community out there. And so I wanted to find out, you know, what is a technical high school exactly, and why would it be necessarily something that somebody would want or not want? So I visited Tampa Bay Tech over in Temple Terrace, and I have to say it was one of the best experiences I've had at a school in a long time. And probably the reason for that is because the students who are there all really loved being in school and doing what they were doing. I ran into everyone from kids learning how to weld to kids learning how to 
create architecture on AutoCAD and, and they were all really involved and engaged in what they were doing and talking about how they know why they're at school. And that was probably the key. We've talked about relevance in education for a super long time, but these kids are actually getting it. And so when they say they know why they're at school and they're there, not for just the short term, but for the long term, it was really just great. And then they we, they talked about the things that they're doing and showed me their projects. And this is all in addition to them getting regular education courses. They can take AP courses and honors courses in everything. It's not like they're only going to the old school vocational place. It's a it's a full bore high school. They have football, they have clubs, they have everything that you would want. And and I know that the couple of days after I left there, a couple of representatives from the Pasco County School District were out there visiting to see what ideas they can bring back for their proposal, which they're still finishing up, and that will come to the school board on Tuesday, the 7th. I thought one interesting uh, thing that I saw in your story was you talked to a kid who turned down a, a, a spot in an international baccalaureate program uh, to go to Tampa Bay Tech. Um, you know, and you, and you made the point in the story that these educators are preparing these kids not only you know, for the, the workforce right after high school, but, uh, for, but also for college, if that's the way they choose as well. So they're, they're trying to prepare them for a variety of, uh, different, different pathways. And I found that interesting. What's really cool is even if you want to go to college, you now have a set of skills that will allow you to go to work while in school and earn more than a burger flipper's wage, which will help you to pay for that college education if you want it. The other thing is that they don't always have to be the four-year university type of post-secondary education. A lot of the programs that these kids are in, in addition to getting the certifications and maybe even an AA degree while still in high school, they can go on to some other form of post-secondary programming and, and get the type of training that they need and go into a workforce that needs them. I talked to a couple of experts who pointed out that a lot of the BA programs aren't generating people who have the job skills that are needed. A lot of the college programs, technical school programs are, and they're the high-paid, high-skilled um, high jobs that are of the future, especially in technology and healthcare. Well, interesting to put this in the sort of longer historical perspective. I, I remember, uh, you know, when I was uh, reading uh, studies, I think from the 80s and 90s, uh, some research that, that, that treated technical education almost as, as something bad. You know, it was this idea that took hold that, you know, you were engaging in a practice they called tracking. If, if you sent kids, uh, that way too early, it was the idea of like an educator, how dare an educator say to Johnny in middle school that, uh, well, he's not doing well in his core subjects. Uh, we're going to send him over that, tech education because he's never going to be college material. And there was, you know, uh, this sense that they were, they were robbing kids of an opportunity. So it became, then after that, it became all about getting every, every kid to college if that, if they could do that. And that kind of took over the system. And then, then I think in, you know, in my experience, uh, um, Middle of the last decade or so, uh, more uh, districts, especially, you know, Pinellas is the one I had uh, an up-close view of. They started getting more into technical education uh, with academies and that offered industry certifications. Um, 
And uh, it was kind of driven by the, the Pinellas Education Foundation, uh, where the leaders were. It was a lot of business people who's, who, like you said, they, they saw students who were leaving school and, you know, without the skills that they needed to hire in their businesses. So it's, 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 we see over and over again in education trends going round and coming back again, you know. Um, edu- uh, so it's what's things, things go in and out of favor uh, in education. But uh, right now, um, I think your story makes the point that tech ed is, is, is kind of in vogue right now, especially we're seeing it here uh, on the front lines in Tampa Bay. Yeah, the pendulum has definitely swung back. The thing that a lot of the people have pointed out to me, the principal of the new school in, in Seminole, she pointed out that, you know, if you want to read a technical manual to fix a car, you need to have a high-level reading skill. It's, this is not something that's just basic anymore. The only thing is you're getting people to read something that they're interested in. If you want to fix the car, you have to read the manual, right? So you get what you need and you're getting a high-level ability to do so. If you want to repair something, you have to be able to do the basic math. The robotics courses that kids are taking include a lot of the sciences and the math that they may not have taken if they just sit there in a class and stare at a teacher writing on a board or working on a computer. So it's just a matter of how you approach this. These are not old-school shop classes I mean, the word vocational is barely used anymore. It's almost a dirty word. This is high-skill stuff. We're talking healthcare and architecture, commercial art, right? I mean, a variety of things. Yes, and in addition to that, we're talking about plumbing and welding and auto body and things like that, too. And they all have their levels of skill and knowledge that they need to have. And I, I ran into one of the Hillsborough County top administrators while I was visiting Tampa Bay Tech, and he told me some of these programs draw higher level students than any IB program does. Hmm. Interesting. Well, what at, at Ridgewood High in Pasco County, so it's not, this hasn't gone over well in a lot of quarters, and you reference that. What What's been the issue exactly? They just, they, they're used to having their traditional high school and they do not want this turned over um, to just a completely different program, right? I'm not sure that it's, that people are opposed to the technical high school concept. I think it's more that they're opposed to the idea of taking away the school that has been part of their community for several decades, where you have parents who sent their kids there now. They met, the parents met there, got married there, or not got married there, but got married after meeting there. And, and they really feel like it's part of their community. It's their school. And to see it be turned over to a complete magnet, everybody rezoned way. Then when you go back, they will have no sports and no band and all the things that they've come to be used to as their neighborhood school. And they feel like it's, Something's being ripped away from them. I think if they were to open the school as a standalone high school next door to Ridgewood High School, then they would be much more satisfied than knowing that they're losing something that they feel like they've had and being forced out of it. Part of the issue for Ridgewood, though, is the whole idea that they've received degrades from the state and are facing possible state-mandated turnaround, and the district needs to do something. They want to be proactive rather than having the state tell them exactly what to do. So this is their solution. They're working through it fast, 
and you know they're going to have to like hit bumps in the road as they get there and i think those are the things that people are nervous about the timing the loss of the community school not so much the opposition to having a technical high school which i think many people think really needs to be somewhere in pasco county on both the east and west side it does seem like it's come up kind of fast uh do you have a sense for where the school board is on this and 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 when will they uh, make a decision on this a final decision the school board is supposed to vote on november 7th the superintendent wants them to either vote it up or down so he can move ahead and have something ready for school choice applications in january so I, as far as I can tell, the board is in in favor of the concept. The timing has them concerned. They want to make sure that they have enough answers to all the questions. They understand the plan well enough to move forward. I know there's probably at least one no vote out there, but I don't know that there's three no votes out of the five-member board. So I don't want to predict on this one because it really depends what the staff tells the board and how they answer their concerns and qualms. And is this one of those meetings where we're going to have a full house of parents uh, objecting uh, to this idea? I think it's possible to have a full house, but not at 930 in the morning on a Tuesday. So that's when that board meeting is going to be held. If it were a night meeting, it might be different. Maybe people will take off from work. I, I don't know if people are coming. Wow. Wow. Well, that's an interesting one. It's a tough call uh, for the system to make. Uh, it's an interesting direction they're going in. Uh, and Pinellas, as you pointed out, is going in the same direction. Uh, their decision had a little longer horizon. Uh, been, this has been uh, something they've discussed uh, for a little bit now, but not too long. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll watch these, uh, the issue in Pasco and we'll also watch uh, definitely when, this, when the schools uh, or school opens in the, in the fall. I'm definitely looking forward to visiting all these schools and see how they turn out because if the kids are as enthusiastic at these new schools as they were when I visited Tampa Bay Tech, it should be a very positive thing for both of these counties. If it's fought and the numbers are low and nobody shows up, then it could it could be a bust. We'll just have to wait and see how things turn out. Jeff, it's been a great return to the podcast. Let's do it again. I'm glad you're back because I don't like talking to myself as I've been doing a couple of these podcasts and I've had to like mix in other people's voices just so I don't feel so lonely. <laughs> and uh, speaking of other voices, I hope that all of our listeners will join in this conversation on our Facebook page where we'll post the podcast and where we post a lot of other stories. It's on our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. You can follow our breaking news on our blog and we have to go back to the old link tampabay.com slash blogs slash gradebook and um, Tom thanks again for participating with me I'm Jeff Solacek I'm Tom Tobin thanks for listening everyone